think about 1994, Mel, because 1994 was an amazing year for things like hip hop, the Toyota Land Cruiser, and other things. Mel, what were you doing in 1994? Uh, 1994. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being in my high school library watching the OJ trial while taking a quiz to use the internet. Dude. We had to watch the OJ trial too. I had to, it was a sophomore year geometry class. I can Why were we watching the OJ trial in school with the church? This is a core memory. Hey, friend. Welcome to your work, friends. I'm Mel. And I'm Francesca. And we're your two HR friends with no filter getting you through all the work shit. How's yeah. it going, Francesca? Good. It's good. Got a little case of the shin splints for the first time in 15 years. Oh, know, yeah. We got Lucy, our new dog, which is awesome. She's yeah. two years old and rad. Uh, she's a boxer and she's super cuddly and she's super athletic. And so we've been trying to really make sure she gets exercise. I'm not a runner. I've always wanted to be a runner. I've had these visions of myself as a runner. And I fucking hate running. I just do. I love to walk. <laughs> I'll walk all day, every day. I'll fast walk all day, every day. But running, not my thing. Yeah. She's got me fast walk running. So well, we're hearing her splints. Yeah, that's okay. It's good. Cool. When I was playing sports in college, what we used to do is fill those paper cups for bathrooms for like mouthwash. Oh, yeah. Fill them like up with water. Cups? Yeah, fill them with, yeah. Yeah. Throw them in the freezer, fill them with water, and then you just cut it off and like rub that on your shins. Rub that. Oh, they have Yeah. Oh. A little tip and trick. Nice. I'll, I'll nice. And yeah. fast walking is the best exercise for you. I'm yeah. a fan. How was your weekend? It was good. My best friend of almost 40 years. Our birthdays are two weeks apart. We always try to do something fun together every year. And this year we hopped on the train to the city. And went to the Color Factory, which what? is, is yeah. what is that? It's a little art installation in Manhattan. And it's like an immersive play experience. Like you get, you go through all these different scenarios, walking through the colors, all the colors that exist, like with smell and sight and sound. And it was just really great. We got to be kids again. We were the only two middle-aged women uh, without children <laughs> in the population. But we didn't care. We went down the slide, went into the ball pit, ate some ice cream, had some macarons, played along, did a silent dance party. It was all fun time. That sounds like the perfect day. It was great. Like the perfect day. It was yeah. great. Today, new week, new headlines. What are you talking about? I am talking about, are we in a productivity boom? For clues, look to 1994. This was New York Times article that came out to see, are we in for a rad productivity boom? I uh, want to talk about what that means for the economy and more importantly, what that might mean for workers. What are you talking about? I am talking about the four-day work week. A new oh, study came yeah. out. Yeah. Following up on the study that came out last year from that UK pilot. It's a, a follow-up to the maintenance phase of how things are going and want to share the results with folks. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's a four-day work week. I want to hear it. It's a So the title of this study is Making It Stick, the UK four-day workweek pilot one year on. And we'll link to this in the show notes. But I read a newsletter that goes out every week. It's called Talent Edge Weekly. Highly recommend it for folks. You can find it on LinkedIn. 
And they shared this research, which was conducted by Autonomy. Autonomy is an independent research organization that creates data-driven tools and research for sustainable economic planning. And they partnered with the University of Cambridge, the University of Salford, the University College of Dublin, and Boston College for this study. Good schools. No no slouches on this study. Pretty significant research team. So for some context, in 2022, the UK did a pilot of the four-day work week. You've heard about that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the marquee experiment. Yeah, the largest of its kind. It yeah. launched in 2022. And in February of last year, 2023, results were published about the pilot. It was successful. Mm-hmm. And what they found is that the vast majority of organizations who participated in the pilot have kept that policy in place after the pilot. So now they're in maintenance mode. So this study is focusing on that 96%, the folks that have kept that policy in place and who are maintaining it one year on from 2023. I cannot wait to hear. It's good stuff. Of the 61 organizations that took part in the 2022 UK four-day pilot, 54 confirmed they're still operating that policy one year later. 31 of those organizations have made the policy permanent. So 51% of people who have moved on to to keep it going are making it permanent. It's no longer, it's not like a continued pilot. It's done. Yep, we're keeping this now. That's more than half. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. 100% of managers and CEOs who were consulted said that the four-day work week had a positive or very positive impact on their organization. Yeah. 100%. Changes included staff well-being, 82% increase, um, positive effects on reducing staff turnover. That was a 50%. uh, 50% of them said there were positive effects to that. And then noticeable improvements on recruitment. So getting the right talent in your doors, 32% said Ooh, that, it helps with recruiting. Yeah. Attrition in recruiting alone, huge. Well-being, no-brainer. Like you should take care of your people. So it's a no-brainer. They conducted a survey with 47 of the original pilot organizations and found that improvements to physical and mental health, work-life balance, and general life satisfaction, so expanded lives, including reductions in burnout, have all been maintained a year on from the original pilot. Because you would think maybe some people would just get used to it and this becomes the new norm. But to have that sustained sense and actualness, if you will, of well-being is huge. That's a big deal. It is a big big deal. deal. Yeah, Especially when you know how things go from pilot to maintenance maintenance phase. It's the change management. It's harder to maintain. Than to pilot when the buzz wears off and it becomes part of the daily norms. And no surprise, their findings found that change management and cultural norm changes are what lead to the success of this program. Mm -hmm. So to maintain the success of the program, orgs noted they had to revise things like meetings, communications, work prioritization. Not everything's an emergency, folks. In order to make this work, not everything should be a meeting. Meeting? Are we meeting with purpose or can this be an email sort of thing? And in organizations where the additional day off was only weekly guaranteed, meaning W-E-A-K-L-Y. Oh, it's not strong, <laughs> not a norm. Yeah, where it's norm. suggested yeah. or I'm assuming maybe some leaders were like all for it and some were just like, you do it, you don't do it thing. So we're 
in instances where this took place, it just led to staff having concerns about taking the day. And so they didn't believe in the policy or the policy just didn't work. It doesn't work when organizations don't fully commit or if they mandate that certain conditions be met in order to get this benefit. It's a thing that I find so interesting about days off or even vacation is people need to feel like they have permission to walk away from their jobs. That it's okay for you to not answer email. It's okay for you to not finish a blah, blah, blah. That is your day off. Even if other people are working, that is your day off. Yeah. And just setting boundaries. But that starts at the top, right? Yes, absolutely. Think of a team leader sending emails at 10 p.m. Then your team thinks they need to answer at 10 p.m. So really being that's one small example. But when you're making a huge shift like this, it's critical to look at the cultural norms and see what needs to be addressed. Most participating organizations implemented a straightforward four-day work policy with a full day off every week. And you and I have been in organizations where you've had collective disconnects. It works really well because everyone's off at the same time. So there's not that level of guilt that happens typically. And then other organizations did more of a staggered approach. The day off, essentially staggering days off to ensure that there was always five days of coverage happening within the org. And so what they found in their sample is that the universal or staggered day off models had the highest success rates. Mm. 95% of companies who implemented one of those models for the trial have since made the policy permanent. So disconnect, collective disconnect, and staggered work. Makes sense because A, your business isn't losing 20% of their coverage. I know that was always the concern for a lot of businesses like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do if a client calls or someone needs to be on for XYZ? That's number one. And number two, to your very good point, if they've done the change management, if they've done the norm setting where someone who happens to have their day off on a Wednesday while everyone else is working feels like they can take it off, then yeah, that's a win. Right. They get to do what they want. With their time. The future of this is looking bright and wow. I like it. I'm excited for it. So what they found is that 58% of the public expects the four-day work week to be the standard way of working by 2030, compared to only 22% who think it will not. And look, we just heard that Gen Z stat last week. They want greater flexibility. That's what they're that indeed workforce report right? They're looking for greater flexibility when you think of who's the future of our workforce, Gen Z and millennials and zennials, right? Where everyone's wanting that greater flexibility and that hybrid option. I I think we're going to see a big push in that direction. In May of 2023, a study found that 78% of UK workers want a four-day work week and 52% are actively seeking a four-day work week as part of employment. So where folks are looking to see if things are hybrid or work from home, um, they're also adding this to the list. Do they offer a four-day work week? And the four-day work week has also become a key demand in trade union negotiations in countries like the U.S., Germany, and Italy. So the future is this. I really believe it. I'm going to call. I'm just going to put myself out there and say, yes, this is the right direction to go in. The pilot of the four-day work week is multiplying around the globe. Autonomy, the folks who put this report out, noted that as of early 2024, there are 152 official four-day work week employers accredited by the four-day week campaign in the UK. 
which Mm -hmm. is a 32% increase in just one year. The thing that is so beautiful about this time is you can institute a four-day work week Mm -hmm. now without having any negative impacts on your business. We have the tools. We have the technology. We know what it takes from a process perspective, thanks to this type of pilot. It's absolutely possible. That's number one. The other thing and why I absolutely agree with you by 2030, it's going to happen is I'm hearing three-day work week. Like, yeah, in the, right. What, what I was hearing four day work week like six years ago and everyone's no way, but, but, but now I'm starting to hear a three day work week, especially with AI, especially with AI. Yeah. And I'm here for it. I, I think, know. look, life is not about working. Life is about living. Yeah. Works the cherry on top <laughs> and meaningful work. Right. And so I think just moving in this to the direction of more meaningful work, I think AI is going to help us get there. I'm super excited about the four day work week. We'll include in the show notes a link to this study. Part of the study included use cases for several of the organizations who've had success. Share it with your leaders. If you're someone who has the power to recommend something to your board or to your leadership team to pilot, maybe with maybe pilot with a specific business unit, maybe two to three different business units. See how it works out. Try different approaches for each. See how this might work for your organization. I I think this is going to move you in the right direction. And if you think about attractive workplaces of the future, they're going to have this as part of the way they work. This is their cultural norm. Win. Let's talk productivity, baby. Yeah, fascinating times. Just fascinating times we're living in. New York Times this week came out with this article, Are We in a Productivity Boom? For clues, look to 1994. And they're drawing parallels between what's happening with productivity numbers on an aggregate now feels very similar to what happened in 1994. And I want to talk about why that matters and some of the parallels they're drawing. It's a very fun story. And I also think it's fun to just think about 1994, Mel, because 1994 was an amazing year for things like hip hop, the Toyota Land Cruiser, and other things. Mel, what were you doing in 1994? Uh, 1994. Yeah. I remember being in my high school library watching the OJ trial while taking a quiz to use the internet. Dude, we had to watch the OJ trial too. I had it was a sophomore year geometry class. Why were we watching the OJ trial in school with the teacher? This is a core memory. Why is this quite literally watching the chase and taking a quiz on what's a mouse? What does WWW stand for? I passed. I passed, by the way. I got to interwebs. Proud of you, Mel. And proud of you. And look at where you are now, right? So far. See? Stay in school, kids. Shout out to Scarfo. Thank you. Yeah. I wonder what she's doing now. Anywho, yeah. Listen, 1994, interesting year, but there's a lot of parallels that we can draw between 1994 and now, because to your very good point, 1994, this is where we started seeing World Wide Web, internet connected computing, which really put us in this productivity boom. We haven't seen something like that since. But here's the deal, friends. Productivity has grown more than 3% for three consecutive quarters, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Oh, wow. A lot of economists are like, hold up, are we in a 1994 situation again? Interesting. Why should you give a shit about this? Let me first talk about what the hell productivity is. I want to talk about why it matters and really call out two of the parallels that they're making. Sounds fabulous. So what is productivity? 
Great question. Productivity in the workplace refers to how much work is done over a specific period of time. Or from an economic perspective, it measures output per unit of input. Now, that can be an hour of worker works. It can be machinery, et cetera, for the most part. The more productive you are, the better. Because when productivity goes up, without hours going up, it means you're more efficient. You're more effective. And so what's been happening over the last three quarters is we're not working more hours, but our productivity is going up and it's going up significantly. Yes. You may be asking, is that a good thing? What does that mean? Here's the deal. Increasing productivity is a virtuous cycle and it's a virtuous cycle for the economy. It's a virtuous cycle for individuals as well. Because when productivity goes up, the economic pie gets larger. And McKinsey has a really interesting study on U.S. productivity that they just released, I believe, on February 16th. I'll post it in the show notes. But here's the stat I want everyone to noodle on around productivity. Again, we went up 3% over the last three quarters. They're saying long-term productivity growth rate of 2.2% annually a $10 trillion opportunity in U.S. GDP between now and 2030. And on average, every individual household in America would get a $15,000 increase in wages. Oh, wow. That's huge. That can be life-changing for people. Yes. And this is what they're talking about. When productivity goes through the roof, like this economic pie gets bigger. Everyone wins. Everyone, for, for the most part, everyone wins. There's always winners and losers. Of and course. Game. Yeah. But when you think about the very big places where productivity boomed, industrial revolution, 1994 with the computer age, and now we're getting into this AI age. And this is what a lot of economists are watching. A lot of folks think we are here again because A, productivity keeps on going up and it keeps on going up. This is very similar to 1994. And we also have a lot of data points to say this is very feasible because we're looking at things like new technologies like AI could be driving this. The embrace of hybrid work setups could be driving this as well. Okay. Some parallels. Just pull this story home. The computer age versus Zoom age. So when you think about what was happening with interconnected computers in 1994, a lot of people weren't even working on laptops. No, I remember, gosh, think about emails, getting rid of interoffice memos. AOL was still going strong. (laughs) AOL, like chat. Yeah, think about that. What that meant for business. I I was just excited and have to write my papers on the typewriter or word processor anymore. That was the reality. From a business perspective, the gains you would get from having connected computing, things like email, Huge gains because people had to do like inner office mail as a, or faxing right. as opposed to emailing. The speed of business got Increased. very strong. Parallel here is Zoom. And with hybrid work, listen, there are a lot of debates on remote versus hybrid. That's actually not what's driving the productivity. What they're finding what's driving the productivity now is the job flexibility. Yep. With hybrid work, employers are happier and they are saving productivity on not having so much term. I believe it. at the job, right? We're not burning time on retraining people. And remote work could also allow companies to either offshore more tedious work. So folks stateside have more dynamic work and or push that off to AI. 
So those are the things that are driving productivity. Remote and hybrid work, Zoom is enabling us to work in a more productive way. Love to hear it. Yep. The last one I want to unpack here is internet versus artificial intelligence. You learned what WWW stands for, Mel. <laughs> Not Red. even used anymore. I know. <laughs> I know. Everyone was like, no, WWW dot. Yeah. But listen, the World Wide Web yeah. and efficient computer manufacturing increased information technology, and it accounted for two-thirds of that productivity pickup in 1994. Holy shit. It was huge. huge. Yeah. In turn, a lot of economists are looking at, is AI going to do the same thing? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. So, probably. again... We are on the precipice here. Now, there, the article mentions a lot of other parallels, too. It has the potential to have massive impacts for workers from a wage perspective, from a what are you even doing in your dailiness if we all start to realize the benefits of things like AI and hybrid work, what yeah. your work life could, going to your four-day work week story, this is how this stuff happens. <laughs> and I also want to share that, friends, this is a long game. Because the same stuff was happening in 1994, and it took economists until 1999 to 2000 to realize what was happening. <laughs> We're in the early stages here, but it feels like a very interesting parallel to watch. Watch those productivity numbers. Think about Amazon as a use case. You remember shopping on Amazon in the early days in the 90s? For books. For, for books, books only. Books, yes. college books that you can get for cheap on their janky-ass site. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and I was like, what is this that I can buy books on this site? And it was so sketch. And you're like, all right, what it is today is just unreal because of the power of technology. I think with AI, we're headed in a very similar direction. And it, it takes businesses a little bit of time, time to figure out what do we do? How does it work for us? Yeah. How does it work for us? But what the data is showing us is we're figuring it out. We have several interesting guest speakers joining us over the next few months, including some special guests in March. So stay tuned for that. And if you have something you want to share and you want us to cover, just send us a note. We'd like to cover it. Yeah. We'll be back next week with New Week, New Headlines. Thanks so much for joining us today. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can come over and say hi to us on the TikToks and LinkedIn community. Hit us up at yourworkfriends.com. We're always posting stuff on there. And if you found this episode helpful, share with your work friends. Thanks, Bye, friend. friend.